Welcome to the Who Made Child Priest podcast, where we have conversations about everyday life experiences through the eyes of two people who just happen to be priests. We will share some of our personal experiences along our spiritual journey, and on occasion, discuss the issues of our time. Five four Ray. Oshayun. What's going on, man? Blessed and highly favored. <laughs> man, we back at it again, man. Everything going smoothly, man. We back with another one. Yeah, everything going smooth. Plus, tonight is uh, round two for me and uh, Rape, or uh, Grandfather, as the uh, practitioners call it. Or cocaine, as we called it. If you, don't... <laughs> if you don't do it right. If you don't do it right. They t- Baba told you to get a a, a pea size, man. You out there getting quarter size, man. You tell you if a, if if a little is good, then more must be better, huh? Hey, that's my motto. But today, I'm just going to obey and follow right. the instructions to a T. There you go, man. And you might make it to the other side and pierce the veil of consciousness and see, you know, purple elephants and pink teddy bears and that type of stuff. Ah, shame. <laughs> so what's been going on, man? I know you uh you recently went to Cuba, man. How did that go? <laughs> hey, man. Cuba was an entire journey, man, for real, like in four days. Uh, so my niece gave me a call, hit me up, because she is getting initiated in a couple of months into the priesthood. Mm. So she's wanting to go and do all these uh, spiritual things before she goes, because there are certain restrictions when she comes out. So she hit me up and like, hey, you want to go to Cuba? And um, I've been wanting to go to Cuba for years, but I was scared to go because why is that? Why were you scared to go? Man, look, every time I would ask somebody about Cuba, had they been to Cuba, and they say yes, and I'd be like, "Hey, what's the process?" Right? Man, I would get way too many words. <laughs> you know all you gotta saying? do is all right. you gotta do is <laughs> right. Man, it sounded like it was the Underground Railroad. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> hey, what you want to do is you want to go down here and then you will see a house with the light on and they'll have a, a green pickup in the driveway uh, <laughs> with a bandana tied around a tailpipe. Right. And you want to go knock on their door? I'm like, man, I'm not doing all of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then Obama had, you know, lifted some restrictions or whatever. And I had all these other trips planned, so I didn't go then. And then Trump came in and did whatever he did. And honestly, I don't even know what Trump did. I was researching it, and then I was just confused. So I was like, man, I ain't going. But when my niece hit me up, I was just like, you know what? Come on. You know, now must be the time. Right. So I went ahead. I said, come on, let's do it. Uh, put my time in at work. And within like two days, man, I had my my ticket booked. <laughs> and uh I I usually research and stuff before I travel. But on this trip, man, I was like super busy with with work and things outside of work. And I just had a lot going on. And I got another trip coming up in a couple weeks. So I was planning for that one. And uh my niece travels internationally, you know, like all the time. And she's she's been to over 20 countries 
and she plans her trip. So I was like, she got this. So um, I didn't even do any 20 countries. 20 whole wow, countries. Man. Y'all blessed to be able to move around like that, man. I don't, I don't think I've been to 20 cities in the state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah, man, we, we definitely are blessed. So, yeah, I did no research. I found the Airbnb, but she wanted to book it so so she can get some points off for her trip to the uh, Dominican Republic. I think she's actually there now, actually. Um, so I did nothing, right? So I'm just like, I'm going to just show up. The only thing that I actually researched was that you should tell them that you're going down there for the benefit of the Cuban people. Mm. So I hit her up. I said, hey, when we go, you're going to tell them we for the benefit of the Cuban people. She like, I'm just going to tell them we're going for religious activities. I said, no, 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 no. Look, I did the research. <laughs> According to the research, they said, that, that is what you tell them. So she like, all right, bet. So everything gets booked. Um, I had to be at the airport. I think my flight left at like 6.30 in the morning. So I get to the airport about five in the morning, right? Well, let me back up a little bit. Before every trip that I go on, whether it's international or domestic, I always divine on the the energy of the trip. So I kind of have an idea of what to look for when I'm there. Be aware of, see if I need to offer any prayers up or any, any offerings to ensure that I have a safe, smooth trip right all right so so let's start right there and let's uh i think it'll be a good idea to kind of explain to the listeners that may not be in the tradition what you mean when you say uh divine on the trip so uh divination is uh basically it's the manipulation of sacred objects to dialogue with spirit so in essence what we are doing when we divine is we are casting our obi our pele uh we'll talk about those things possibly at another time and uh we get messages from spirit we're able to dialogue with spirit spirit will tell us uh challenges that we may have uh good fortune that we may have and things like that and how to prepare for it and how to uh balance those energies if if need be what you think about that definition, Farfore? I think that is an amazing definition. You hit the nail on the head with that. So continue. Um, so I do this, right? A couple of days before the trip. So when I divine on it, Spirit said that um, it spoke of a rebirth of consciousness leading to a connection with Spirit. It talked about uh, me being the source of my own problems and that I was a working against my own destiny. Mm. Uh, Spirit also told me that I would be tested and that I would have to do things differently in order to pass the test. And I was warned against greed and selfishness. So Spirit basically said, you hard-headed, we're going to have to show you something while you out here. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said, right? That's what it said. But see, I ain't even get a chance 
at that moment to really sit with it. It wasn't until kind of I got on the plane where I really started kind of looking over it a little bit, right? So get to the airport about 4.30 in the morning, right? Man, I swear they had to be giving away free flights. <laughs> I mean, 4.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday? And it was jumping. Wow. So I was like, but see, I got pre-checked, so I wasn't, wasn't worried, but I just was shocked that it was that many people, right? Wow. So I uh, I go to the little kiosk, I check in, I go up to the flight attendant. Now, I mean, not the flight attendant, the lady like that's checking you in so I can check my bag. So I go up there, give her my ID or whatnot, and she said, what are you going to Cuba for? But this woman dead in her eye and said, religious activities. <laughs> See, you all hit it, man. You all hit it. <laughs> After I done already had this back and forth with my niece, like, no, this is what we'll be saying, the good of the Cuban people. Right. I looked her dead in the face and said, religious activities. <laughs> but I blame it on the fact that it was five in the morning. I had got up at like 3.30 and... I ain't had much sleep because no matter how much I travel, and I I probably get on a plane 12 to 15 times a month. I mean, uh, a year, excuse me. So I'm no stranger to traveling, but even with that being the case, I always am still packing on the day before I got to travel. Oh, man, that just, that, that's, that's, that's part of your blackness right there, man. That's just, that's just, that's all that is, man. That, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so I'm sleepy, so that's why I'm a blaming on that, right? And you should have got you some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna take my chances with water. Yeah. <laughs> so I do that. She said, "All right, you're good to go." So I said, "Oh, okay. Good. This is smooth. Maybe it ain't as difficult as people led me to believe." So. Go through security, everything, get on the flight. I have a connecting flight in Fort Lauderdale. So I get to Fort Lauderdale. Now, a week or so before my trip, I had sent a message to one of the senior priests because I know because they traveled a lot and they had a, a connect in um, Cuba. So I sent them a message that, hey, you know, you're contacting Cuba, you know, could you, you know, help, you know, set that up? So I got you. I get the phone number and the um, the um, Facebook page to that, to the, to the contact in Cuba while I'm sitting in the airport in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. So I send the guy some messages. Hey, I'll be there 1.30 in the afternoon. You know, I would love to link up with you. You know, hit me up. So get on the plane for Lauderdale. So now I know it's real. I said, oh, I'm going to have to actually get to Cuba, though, because there was no hassle. Did nobody say anything to me? It wasn't anything out the way. Now, in going to Cuba, because of the embargo that's been going on for the last 60-plus years, you can't use your credit card and you can't use your debit card. 
Wow. So the money you take with you is all you got. Oh, I ain't going to Cuba then. I ain't going to Cuba. I, ain't, <laughs> I can't be walking around with no cash. Well, a lot of the time, the places will have a safe in there, so you don't have to walk around with all your money. But even then, what I do is is I only wear, like, I ain't going to say only, but a lot of times I'll wear, like, cargo pants or cargo shorts, and then I'll separate the money that I carry with me on that day into separate different pockets and the whole nine. So even if I get robbed and they just take my wallet, they're not getting all my money. Or they're not even getting most of my money. I don't know so, what kind of robbers them is. I mean, I, I'm thinking on some robbery. It's going to be some quick little, huh, give me your wallet. I don't think they doing a whole lot of checking. Um, <laughs> then they're going to grab the wallet and, 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 and leave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this has to be a real thorough robber who going to get all my money. Right. So um, I'm on the plane. And my niece is taking a separate flight. Now, she could have took the same flight that I took. And I told her to take the same flight that I took. But, you know, my niece is cheap. She wanted to save an extra $12. So she took a whole different flight. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not worried about it. I got an international plan, you know, $10 a day through AT&T. As soon as I land, I'll be able to hit her up, right? So no problem. So... Um, on the plane, we about to land. So I'm sitting next to a guy who's American, and he um, he tells me he's been going to Cuba back and forth for like 10 years. Mm. So I was like, you know, you have any problems getting in there? He said, no, never had an issue. I said, well, what are you telling me you, you coming for? He said, uh, for a sporting event, because he goes fishing. I said, oh, for 10 years? I said, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> So he gives me a couple little pointers. Um, don't buy any cigars from people off the street, you know, but the Cuban people are so nice. Um, I asked him about exchanging money. He said he doesn't have to worry about that because he has a person. He links up with his person and they exchange the money for him. So he didn't have any input on that. So we land and he he shows me a message on his cell phone that said that international rates or something doesn't apply and you know he has to pay x amount of dollars for you know text messages and phone calls and this that and the other and i'm like oh i don't have to worry about that i got the data plan i mean excuse me i got the international plan Mm. at&t top flight you know what i'm saying uh cell phone company of the world i'm good (laughs) got my data plan you know I don't think you need to be texting and calling because that, that sounds expensive, but I'm good. Right. Right. So I land and I go into the airport to go um, through uh, customs and whatnot. And it's kind of chaotic, right? It's not like a whole lot of instructions and directions. You know, I've flown enough internationally. I kind of know how I go. But I would like some better signs. Like for Mexico City, for instance, there's a separate place for you to go if you are Mexican. There's another place for you to go if you're not Mexican. So I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm like, is this the case? I just see people in line. So I just said, forget it, I go in line, right? So I go to check in and they're kind of um, in between shifts, right? So 
I go to go up and the guy like puts his hand out to stop me because I guess he can see on my face that I'm American. So he just puts his hand out, stop. Okay, cool. So then he goes in and the other guy comes out. So then I go walk up thinking he's ready. He gives me the hand again. Okay, so I go back. Then I hear him say something out loud. Now, I don't speak Spanish. I just feel like he's calling me. Right. So I go up and he gives me the hand again. Now he's looking frustrated like, dude, I'll let you know. But I hear a loud noise. I don't speak Spanish. To me, that's me getting called. Right. <laughs> so finally, he calls me up. And I go in, give him my, my passport and all of that. I'm through. I said, oh, I'm really in Cuba. Like, that was smooth. Like, that was like any other place I've been to. Like, what's all the... I don't know what was going on with all the people and the stories they were telling me about how to get into Cuba, but that wasn't my experience. Right. So this is when I was like, oh, this is going to be a great trip. I unzipped my jacket to put it to go through the uh, metal detector for security or go through the conveyor belt. And as I take my jacket off, I have on my Aleke, uh, my Ifa Aleke for that's worn by priests. And I hear a buru, a boye, abo shishe. So I'm looking around, see a guy, um, Cuban guy standing in the line next to me. So I go back and I greet him, I go out to, and for the people there, that is the way that people greet priests, a buru, a boye, abo shishe. So I said, oh, this is going to be all right. Because the Cuban people practice Santeria, which is, for the lack of a better, basically the same as Ifa. I mean, it has the same roots. The right. difference between what, what we practice and Santeria is that because of slavery and the, the colonizers not wanting the Cuban people, or the Africans, I should say, to their indigenous spiritual system, they had, they meaning um, the captured uh, African people, had to then synchronize the, uh, their tradition with Christianity so that they could practice their spiritual system out in public. But the slave masters would think that they were, you know, just really, really good, enthusiastic Catholics. Right. So that's the difference between the two. But again, pretty much the same, same roots. So I'm like, oh, yeah, so this is going to be all right. So I, I, I wait an hour, maybe an hour and a half for my bag. So I just want to say, if you go to Cuba, patience is a virtue. <laughs> They're not doing anything fast. Right. So if you're impatient, Cuba not the place for you. So I wait for about an hour and a half to get my bags, get my bags, turn on my phone, and my international plan, I know it kicked in, so I, you know, start texting my niece. Find out she's in a whole different um, uh, gate, uh, or excuse me, a terminal, right? So she found a taxi driver, and the taxi driver calls me. I tell him where... I am, they come pick me up. So they pull up 
I get in the car. We ready to go. So the taxi driver is taking us to the Airbnb. So we asked the guy, does he know where we can exchange some monies? We, we need to get some uh, Cuban pesos. So he was like, yeah, I can exchange it for you. Now, that wasn't anything weird to me because when I was in Nigeria, I exchanged my money at a Nigerian mall. Uh, somebody that I knew who was there talked to somebody they knew who called somebody and then guy came and we exchanged money um, at the mall in the food court. It it looked a lot like a like a drug deal, but I got my money <laughs> and I was good with it. Right. It felt a little illegalish, but hey, you know what I'm saying? I got my money and I was good. Right. So when he was like, "Yeah, I could do it," cool. So he pulled out his phone and shows, you know, the the conversion rate, right? So and I do the same thing. I pull up my phone, so I got that good international plan, <laughs> and um, ten dollars a day, unlimited. Hey so, man, we gonna have to we gonna have to get AT and T to pay us for this, man. You plugging them real good. Oh well, well we gonna get to that here in a minute because <laughs> the plug about the end. So I pull it up twenty six and a half cut for US dollar. So I'm like, all right, I I need three hundred. My niece say we can get a better deal. Now again, I've traveled a lot. Uh, a bad, better deal means, um, you know, you could get, you know, pay a little less in fees, but we're not paying any fees. It's 26 and a half to one. Right. Ain't no fee. That's, you know, even swap ain't no swindle. So I'm like, what you talking about? We're going to get a better thing. And she like, all right, well, let's just do a hundred. I said, I was going to do three. She said, just do a hundred. I said, okay, cool. See if you can get a better deal. I said, all right, let me see what you're talking about. So we give him $100 each. He gives us the money. So we get to um, the Airbnb. We check in. And then my niece wants to go look for food. Now, I am on day 20 of a 40-day raw fast. And I said, I'm going to be raw while I'm in Cuba because it's a Caribbean island, you know. It's going to be fruit in abundance. I'm going to fall over fruit. Right. So I'll be able to do it. I don't see any fruit stands. <laughs> like we all in the in the type of places where you would be, where you would find fruit stands. Because we in the hood. Like if you could, you know, you could tell from my pictures, like we are in the hood. Right. And we are in an apartment that's on the top floor. You know, you walk out on the roof. There's a place out there for you to have breakfast. You know, it's chairs. Stuff out there. It's the, the apartment is beautiful. It's immaculate. Now, when we walking down, I see some doors open, and I'm looking at their situation. It ain't like ours. So we in the hood, but it's like brand new, like the, the apartment. Right. When you walk out of the apartment, it's a whole different thing. But in the apartment, it's brand new. Right, it's top notch. So we go look for food. We go to a restaurant. I said this raw thing is not gonna work while I'm here. I try to get a little apple juice and I mean uh, pineapple juice and see how that'll work. Maybe I could just just drink juices for that day. 
but the pineapple juice tastes like diet pineapple. So I was like, nah, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going I'm to call it over right now. Right. So we eat and then we, we get a taxi. We go to Little Havana. Now, no, I mean, excuse me, Old Havana. Old Havana is beautiful. Like we, we get in front of like these massive hotels you know, all the classic cars parked out in front, big statue, fountain out front. I mean, it's beautiful. So we get out, and there's this Cuban um, taxi driver sees us. Hey, my friend. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because I'm, I'm nice like that. Hey, what's going on, friend? So we having a conversation, right? Telling, oh, you from America? Yeah, you've been to Cuba before? Now it's our first time. He said, hey. If you want some cigars, there's a place half off. They only do it half off once a month. Get them really, really cheap. He tells me where to go. I said, okay, cool. Now, I'm bad with directions, right? So I only listen to, like, maybe the first one or two parts of the direction, and then the rest I just tuned out. I didn't do it on purpose. That's just kind of how I roll. Right. So we go ahead, and then we go. Um. On the way going in the direction that the guy told us to go into, I hear, hey, neighbor. I'm like, whoa, what's this? So I'm looking at dude, and then I'm looking at my niece like, he talking about her? He said, neighbor. I said, I'm confused. He said, yeah, <laughs> you guys are over on K Street. I said, oh, yeah. He said, I saw y'all moving, y'all coming in. I'm like, oh, okay. So then he sees my leke. He's like, oh, border boy, yeah, I'm like, you know, so we have a conversation. He said, you know, where you guys going? I said, somebody told us about some half-off cigar thing over there. Oh, I'll take you right there too. Now, for international travelers, everybody knows there are rules that you follow. Following strangers into dark alleys is probably rule number one. Don't do that, right? <laughs> At this point, it's nighttime. Right. So we follow this guy into this dark alley. My niece is looking like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't even worry. It'll be cool. I prayed this morning. We straight. <laughs> you know? I, we, I, I prayed and I divined on the day, because I do that every day. Speaking right. of which, my divination for the day said financial and emotional difficulties from external sources. It told me not to be arrogant and that generosity and kindness will lead to erase. It told me to be patient and to contemplate things before acting. So that was my, my, my message for the day, right? right? So following this guy, we mistake number two. There is, we go through this dark alley and then we come to a building. And again, I grew up in the inner city. On top of that, I watch, you know, a lot of crime movies, right? The guy, this whole scene resembled that. He knocks on the door, guy opens the door. They have a conversation. I really couldn't hear what was, what was said. The guy moved out the way, opened the door. 
And the other guy waved me in. My niece is looking at me like, no. <laughs> I'm like, don't trip. I prayed today. We're good. Right. So we go up these steps. It was a hustle. Dude tried to sell me some official Cubans, like a box of 50 for like $1,000 or something ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't even smoke cigars. And then, like, he had like then 25 for another. That was still overprocessed. No, no, thank you. So we leave there. Nothing happened. We didn't get stuck up. But it did kind of look like, um, like, remember in New Jack City when they was in there, you know what I'm saying? Um, cooking the dope and then breaking it down and all of that. It kind of gave me that kind of vibe when I was up there. <laughs> was people in the back working, boxing up stuff. It kind of gave me that vibe. Right. When they were in the Carter. But I wasn't worried because, again, I prayed on it. I'm good. Right, my my old dude didn't say anything about any you know danger. Just talked about financial and emotional difficulties, which now I think about it could have been I was gonna get robbed, but hey, I was good. <laughs> financial and emotional difficulties, right? Like, right. Take, take your money and leave right. crying in that alley, huh? So we go back to where kind of where we had first like got dropped off. Oh, the guy had told us where to go because my niece wanted to get a mojito. So he told us this place to go. So we're walking towards that. The taxi driver that we had saw when we first got there, not the one that took us to the uh, Airbnb, stopped us and was like, hey, where y'all going? We're like, hey, we're going to this place. Gave him the name, get the mojitos. He said, oh, man, that's far. Like, I can take you to a place. And it's cheap. So we like, let's go. So he took he takes us a little bit of ways and then he says, Hey, you're gonna go down here and then you're gonna make this turn and then you're gonna do the, the now again. I already explained to y'all with me in directions. Right. So I'm like, eh, I don't know about this, right? So he said, you know what? I'll just take you. So he takes us there. Now, when we get there, my niece said, How are we gonna find this on our own? I said, right. Because after he said the first instruction, I couldn't tell you anything else he said. <laughs> so we there. She gets a mojito. I asked him, you know, you want a mojito? Get him a mojito, right? So they do a couple of rounds of mojitos. Then he leaves out and he comes back, gives me a cigar. So she's like, I want a cigar. How much are they? He's like, don't worry about it. I'll get you one. He leaves. He comes back with another cigar for her. He has a lady with him. This lady has this beautiful um, bracelet. I'm not even going to call it an E-Day because it was kind of wide, right? But it was an Oya Shango E-Day. Now, those are my niece's Orishas. So she's like, man, that's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, that is. Like, where you get that from? So she's like, oh, it's just right around the corner or whatever. So we like, can you take us? She's like, yeah. So they take us over there. So we ask for the tab. We get five mojitos. Well, they did. I don't drink. So three for her, two for him. He came up to 40 USD. Now I'm like, I don't drink. <laughs> that sound hot. That that's sound a, real stiff, huh? <laughs> right, real stiff. And that's the first thing she said. She's like, man, that's hot. But she didn't ask how much they were when, when we came in there. Right. 
So she paid the $40 and we go. So we walking through again, dark alleys. Um, they knocking on doors. One lady was like, nah, I'll go to this house. So then we backtrack and we go. Finally, we land at this lady's house who happens to be home and awake. So we go in there. Um, she didn't have the bracelet, but she had some, like a little mini botanica. She had some other things in there. So I asked about a couple of things and she gave me a price and I'm like, yeah, right. But see, I have this thing when I go to these countries that I know that people are struggling. I have this thing about haggling with them over prices too much. Like, my inner thing to go off is like, okay, you trying to super hustle me. If it's just like a minor hustle, I'll be like, all right. Now, this is a little bit more than a minor hustle, but man, Cuba, Cuba is, is messed up. Like, the embargo for the last 60 plus years really put them at a, in a bad position. Right. Plus, my old dude for the day told me um, to be generous. So I said, all right, let me go ahead and get it. So I went ahead and paid. Um, we go find a taxi. We go back home. We wake up the next day. I First thing I do is I say my prayers, divine energy in my day. So day two, I divine, and it says that I must remain positive and avoid despair because all problems have solutions. It said that I must remain positive and don't look back. Mm. It speaks of a clearing of obstacles. So I said, oh, that, that sounds real deep, right? Right. So I turn on my phone. I get a message from AT&T that said, uh, international plans um, are not available here. So you will have to pay data at this exorbitant amount per gigabyte and wow. then phone calls is this amount. So I said, man, I was like kind of burning up my data the day before because I'm on this international plan. So no AT&T plug, huh? No AT&T plug. <laughs> Not in Cuba. Not in Cuba. So uh, I get all these messages from Ozzy, who is the contact that I got from the priest that I know that's in Cuba. So he and I are talking. Hey, my friends, sorry about not, you know, hooking up with you yesterday. I just got the message. You know, I just turned on my phone, blah, blah, blah. Said it's no problem. Um, yeah, we got this um, this tour planned for today. We have planned a tour with the taxi driver from the day before. He's going to take us all over. He said, how much is he charging me? I said, 120 bucks. He said, oh, God, you being robbed. <laughs> I said, oh, I ain't being robbed. This sound like you just, you know, you being a salesman. I'm like, what you mean by I'm being robbed? He said, man, cancel it. I'll take you around. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How much you would charge? Because I can't just cancel and, you know, not knowing, you know, what's going on, whatever, whatever. He said, $20. I said, oh, I'm about to cancel it. <laughs> right. Because 120 versus 20. Um, he said, do you need to exchange money? I said, I exchanged some yesterday. 
He said, how much did you get? I said, the national rate. I got 26 and a half cup per U.S. dollar. He said, oh, man, you got robbed. I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> That's the national rate. He said, listen, that is the national rate. But on the street, you can get it for 80 to 100 cup for each U.S. dollar. I said, oh, no, tell me you lying. That's that emotional and financial difficulty right there. <laughs> Man. No, that's the, I got to remain positive to, to avoid despair. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> and then it told me to remain positive and don't look back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, no. So now I'm hot, right? So I go wake my niece up and I tell her. She says to me, that's what I was telling you about how we can get a better rate because I had talked to the um the landlord. I said, if you talk to the landlord and he told you this, then why you let us do that? I mean, I was trying to tell you the better rate. No, I need. Mm -mm. You could have just told me flat out, hey, we can get it for eighty to hundred, and I'd have been like, oh no, okay, cool. <laughs> she was trying to teach you a lesson. See, you hard headed. Ancestors mm -hmm. told you that before. Hey you man. I'm an information person. I need information. I need facts. <laughs> right. I'm a life path seven. That's how I work. Right. So, so now we both saw it, but I didn't cancel with old boy. And he like had everything straight because I was gonna do this and that. And that. I'm like, no, everything's cool. We just had a you know a little change of plan. Right. Cause I'm trying to not go off because I'm I'm hot. Like I'm hot as fish grease. So right. I just was like, no, nah, this is what we doing. So we get with uh, Ozzy, right? Ozzy comes, picks us up. Have a great day. We are all over um, uh, Havana. We go over uh, like the modern part of Havana, central Havana. We go back to old Havana. He's showing us all the sites, right? And I'm like, man, like this is, this is nice. This is... I love this. You know, I'm in the history and all that, so this was good. We we go to a botanica with a guy who practiced Paolo and Santeria. Mm. Um, we get a couple of things from there. And the guy, without doing any divination or anything like that, he basically read my niece. Like He told us some things that it, it wasn't anything like fortune cookie, like You've had a bad experience. And he's like, oh my God, I have had a bad experience. It wasn't you know, anything <laughs> like that for, for the skeptics, you know what I'm saying, out there. It was like some for real, very specific. I won't get into that because that's, you know, personal to her. But it was stuff that I hadn't knew about. So I was just like, oh, okay. So we were there for a while talking to him. Um, and, um, he basically gave us some fire water, some gin to kind of partake with him. And then he um, consecrated her Aleke that she bought from him. And I got like a, an, an ancestor staff. So that was, that was a great day. But in the back of my mind, what kind of kept coming up was how we had got robbed. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like when I would forget about it, my niece would remember, and she would make a comment about it. So I'm like, all right, let me let me not think about it. We had a great day, you know. Um, 
So no, no need to be, you know, um, get too excited about it again. They're struggling. I'll just look at it as, you know, we made a contribution to the Cuban people. It is what it is, right? right. Being generous. Being generous, right? So we do that. Um, go home or go back to the Airbnb. Um, and then we go to this restaurant kind of by the Airbnb. It was a really nice restaurant. And, um, you know, I was able to get me some rice and beans because I'm vegan. And, but my niece got a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, she got like big meal goat and uh, rice and beans and some veggies. She got a couple of drinks, dessert, like for like next to nothing. So she doing it up, huh? Oh, she was doing up. We, um, they brought us the only English speaking um, waitress there. Uh, Lily, Lily was so nice. She she was giving us all kind of things to do. Um, you know, she even told me about a a vegan restaurant. But I was like, no, nah, I'm cool with coming back here. It's right around the corner from the house. The prices was dirt cheap. Um, I think to get rice, beans, plantains. Uh, I had got two of each because the other couple places I had ate, they gave me like a real like little side item. That's what that stuff was. So I'm thinking it's gonna be the same thing. So I get two of each, but it's like a big bowl of beans, a big bowl of rice, a big plate of plantains. It was like five dollars. Wow. You know, um, her stuff wasn't 15. Like I said, she got goat and the whole nine. So we're like, Lily, coming to see you tomorrow. So go to sleep, wake up the next day, day three. Again, I, I go to E5, I cast for the energy of my day. My reading said that I had to let go of regrets and look forward with optimism. Mm. It um, spoke about prayers manifesting, but tough times um, would require gratitude, generosity, and kindness, and I couldn't be angry. Mm. But as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm thinking about how I got hustled, <laughs> right? You're still thinking about that. Huh? I'm thinking about how I got hustled because I don't have access to my credit card or debit card, and we still got to get back to the airport. We got to pay for our uh, COVID test to get back in the States. We got two more days of, of doing stuff that we got to pay for. Food, like I'm a little nervous, right? I'm like, ooh. And I've, I've in my lifetime, I've never, been in a situation really where like I was really worried about money. Like I was in like I was feeling like, you know, man, I could be out here messed up. And I kept on thinking like, man, I cannot be stuck in Cuba because I got ripped off day one. Right. So get my reading uh for the day and then I kind of like put it in the back of my mind. And then I come out, my niece wake up, and then she like, man, we got hustled. I'm like, good God, I just was trying to put that behind. Um, but but day three was beautiful. We had um, got a, um, talked to somebody who has one of those plastic cars, those convertibles. So that's what we're riding around in for the whole day. Ozzy's gonna be taking us around. Um, so we're ready. So we go down, they come through, top drop, 
you know, they banging, you know, 50 Cent, <laughs> you know, Tupac, whatever. We we good, right? So we riding through. Yeah, I saw um, your video. I saw your video, man, where you sitting in the uh in the back seat, uh, riding through there like your like your hair blowing in the wind. Yeah, I was looking like money, even though I was over there struggling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I go exchange some money. This time I get um a hundred dollars per cup. I mean, a hundred cup per U.S. dollar. Um, no, I got that the day before with Ozzy, and then this time, um, I got it for ninety. So we go by there. I give him the money. Get my Give them the hundred dollars, I get nine thousand cup versus twenty six fifty right. for a hundred dollars. So I'm like, I got, I'm coming out there with a big wad of money, right? So I'm good. So we drive around, we go to the big Jesus statue, which I didn't even know they had. You know, I knew they, I been to the one in Brazil, but I didn't know they had the big Jesus statue out in Cuba. So you know, we go, um, we go say hi to Jesus. Then we go to the to this forest. It was a beautiful forest in the middle of Havana. And it had, I don't know, creek, lake, river. I don't know the technical term. They had some water that went through the forest. But it was a beautiful forest. And this was the beautiful thing. Like, not many people, like, seem like we we don't really practice our spiritual tradition like out in the open right. in America, right? We might have the E, like the E day, which is the bracelet, or we'll have the Alekes, which are the, the colorful beaded necklaces, but that's it, right? In this big forest, because the overwhelming majority of the people there practice, you know, Santeria or Paolo, they're out there in this forest and they're doing animal sacrifices and giving offerings. Open. Out in the open. In front of everybody. In front of everybody. And you know what's crazy is that Supreme Court cases have been fought here in America for us to be able to practice our tradition out in the open. And to me, we still treat it like it's a uh, it's a secret or something to hide. Right, right. This man, this made me, I don't know, it really touched me. Like, man, being in a country where, like, you're not the minority. I mean, I've been a, a racial minority my entire life. And now I, I practice a tradition where from a religion, spirituality standpoint, I'm even a bigger minority. And this was beautiful. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. It was a group of people from England that were there. And I asked them, because I could tell by looking on their face, they're like, what is going on here? So I asked them, do you know what's going on? And they were like, we have no idea. So I was able to explain to them what was going on. Right. And um, they were like, oh, wow. And, and they just sat and, and they kind of just observed and watched what was going on. But I'm saying it's a lot of people. It's probably five different sacrifices going on at that moment. And when I went to the car for us to leave, there were probably about four different groups coming. You know, and I was just like, man, this is dope. Like, this is really dope. So uh, we did the forest. We went to the uh, Yemoja um, temple, but it was closed because with COVID, they got different hours now than what they normally have. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but we did that, and then we went to the beach, and this beach was beautiful. And this is the first time I've swam in a while because I've been to the beach here in Houston, and it's brown and green. <laughs> and yeah, you ain't been to the beach in Houston. You've been to the beach in Galveston. Well, yeah, Galveston. Well, no, I've been to some beaches that were in Houston too. Ain't no beaches in Houston. I mean, okay, it might be Pasadena technically or whatever, but that's Houston. <laughs> Galveston is Galveston. All the other places is Houston. <laughs> <laughs> you come from Ohio, just changing the names of cities down here. So I've gotten in, you know what I'm saying? Put my feet in. And one time I maybe got up into like my chest or whatever, but I went swimming, swimming in right. this water. I was like, man, this is, it was so beautiful. But I'm going to tell you what, what, what kind of threw me off a little bit. My tour guide is in his probably late 40s, early 50s. And I've been to a lot of countries and I've been on a lot of tours and he's taking pictures. Right? And I'm like... And he's a native. He's a native, right? So now you might think, Okay, he's taking pictures, so what? But now I got a vibe about it. So I was like, hey, Ozzy, when's the last time you've been here? She said, oh, man, it's been years. Wow. And I was just like, wow. This is probably 15 to 20 minutes from his house. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it's nowhere near packed. Like, nowhere near packed. Um, So... We, I try to order some water. My niece gets her a mojito. They don't have water. So me and Ozzy went looking for some water. We w went to like five or six places around this beach, like restaurants and, and things of that nature, before we found water because of the embargo. Like water was that scarce. And like... We go to one place, it's like a looks like a convenience store, but it's like empty shelves. And I was like, man, like these people out here are really, really struggling. Like I've been to a lot of places where I knew the people weren't the greatest, you know, um, off as far as financial situation, but like the um the tourism was kind of regular enough, right? that they were able to sustain themselves. They might not necessarily be as worried about where the next meal is coming from. This place was bad. So it just, that, that kind of stuck with me. So I was able finally to get some water. So we go back and we tell Ozzy, hey man, get whatever you want. It's on us. So he gets a couple of beers. He gets a lobster. Now I'm talking about this can't be $10. But to him, it was a big deal. Like, this isn't how, you know, he's able to do this on a regular basis. You know, what's crazy is that that seems so similar to the to the inner city here about him not going to the uh, to the beach. And it's so close. And how when we live in the inner city, how we could be confined to a few square blocks and never leave out of our neighborhood, man, that's crazy that that's going on in uh, way in Cuba. Like, they are literally stuck in 
in the late 1950s wow. from when the embargo happened. They're literally stuck at that moment, right? So we're like, just, you know, eat, you know, have a great time. So he eats. Um, we stay at the the um, the uh, the beach for a really long time. And then, you know, we finally, we go back. Um, we walk around Old Havana for a little while. It's getting dark. We catch a taxi. We go back um, by our house. And then we go back to that same restaurant um, that we went to that's right by the house because it was super dirt cheap. So, and it was nice. It's like, it was like a, it was like fine dining um, in, a, in a nice looking restaurant. And it was just cheap, you know, because of, you know, just the cost of things that are cheap. So we went there talking to the waitress, you know, telling us about her life and she's married or she just recently got married and the whole nine and, uh, you know, ate good, whatever. It's late. So we, we had a long day. So we go back home um, and call it a night. So next day we wake up last full day in Cuba. Now, the night before, we kind of had the conversation that, hey, you know, we're not going to to get with Ozzy and go on this full excursion because we just can't afford it. Us getting beat the night before, uh, the first day, which, mind you, we're still talking about it. <laughs> we're still talking about how we got hustled. Right. And um, so we're really counting our money and playing, okay, we got to do this for the, the test and we got to, you know, uh, get back to the airport. So we're like, man, we just can't do it today. Um, so I hit up Ozzy. Ozzy said, look, I want to make sure that y'all get to um, take your test, your COVID test, because we got to get a test to fly back home. So he's like, I'll just come, make sure y'all get that. You don't got to worry about paying, man. You know, we have mutual friends. I told you. You're a friend of mine. Don't even worry about it. I said, man, that's so nice of him. So he comes through, and I'm adamant. I want to get this test done first, right? Because when I had divined for the energy of my day, Spirit said to be well prepared for contingencies. Mm. It said that um, something unexpected was on its way, but as long as we were prepared, we would be good. It spoke of difficulties, but it is through difficulties that we grow. It said that I should be joyful, but ethical, and that my ancestors were protecting me, and that I should be generous. So that was my reading. But back up a little bit. Before we got with Ozzy, I woke up super early like I do all the time, and then I go on a walk because we are literally like from we are about a 20 second walk from the ocean so I decide I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna just walk the length of the wall so I get up and I just go put my, my headphones in my music on and I just walk right I'm still I'm not gonna lie I'm still a little sorry about getting robbed because I'm a little nervous about how I'm gonna get home um <laughs> You know, got to get this this test, and I don't know how much the COVID test is. And um, there is some souvenirs that I would like to get. I mean, we got a couple of little things, but I, there's some other things that I wanted to get. But then I had got my reading, so I said, okay, you know what? Put it behind me. Let's go. So I'm walking down. I probably do 
like two miles, a little bit more than two miles one way. And about halfway down there, a guy starts talking to me in Spanish. So I look at him and I'm like, I don't, I don't speak Spanish. He was like, oh, um, American? I said, yeah. So we start talking. Having a good conversation. He's telling me about um, his family life. And, you know, he has a, a kid. And he's talking about how much he loves Cuba, but talking about the politics and how it's hard on the Cuban people, the whole nine. Is he um, from Cuba? Yeah, he's from Cuba. Mm-hmm. So he goes on and telling me about, you know, just like I said, the politics, how hard it is on the people. He's he's naming food items. How much you think that is? And I'm guessing, and it's like, no, it's this amount. I said, good God. Like, you know, how do I even eat? You know, how do, how do most people down here survive? So we're walking, we're having a great conversation. He asked me about Shea Guevara. You're like, you know who Shea Guevara is? I said, yeah, I'm familiar with him. When I was um, in my 20s, I had a T-shirt with his face on it. So he reaches in his pocket, pulls out a $3 bill and said this. I said, yeah, I had that picture on there. He said, here, how about you take this as a souvenir? I said, thank you. And then he went in his pocket and he pulled out a coin. And said, hey, take this too. It has Shea Guevara's face on it. Now, a friend of mine had asked me to bring back some Cuban currency for their son who collects um, international currency. And up to that point, I had forgot. But as soon as he gave me that, I was like, oh, yeah, I needed this anyway. Thank you. And I kind of felt bad for taking it because, again, you know, it's money, no matter how little it might be. And I understand how their financial situation is there. So again, I walk about two miles or so out and then I'm looking at my, my phone. I'm like, all right, it's about time for me to get back. Cause you know, my niece should be waking up. So as I was turning back, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, um, do you have anything that you can spare so I can get some food, you know, feed my family, whatever, whatever. And despite getting robbed, I didn't think nothing of it. I reached into my pocket pulled out some money, gave it to him. He was, he was grateful. And I go on back about my way. So get my niece. We go to go get our um, COVID test. So we get to the COVID test, like we get to the hospital or clinic or whatever it is. And there's only a couple of people in line ahead of us. So I'm like, bet we're going to be in and out. And then we're going to go get something to eat because I'm starving. So a um, couple guys in front of us from France. So I'm talking to them, their world traveler, talking about where they've been. We're talking about uh, France and French history and things of that nature. My type of conversation, right? My niece was so not interested. She went off and sat down somewhere <laughs> <laughs> to wait for it was our time to go in. So a long time had passed. And I'm like, man, not one person has gone. So... I'm kind of making a little bit of a fuss and everybody else starts thinking like, yeah, like nobody has even said anything. So we go up to the hospital clinic, whatever it is. Somebody goes to check, come to find out you can use your American credit card to get your COVID test. There's an agreement between Cuban and US. You can't use it anywhere else, but to get your COVID test at, at these places to do the COVID testing, you can use it. So I said, thank you, Ifa. 
That's <laughs> less money I got to come out my pocket. Right. But they're like, it could be five minutes or it could be hours. So my reading said, be prepared for contingencies. So we start looking for alternate places. Um, Ozzy got on the phone, started making calls, found a place, you know, in walking distance that we can go and get a test. Now, walking distance for Cuban people and walking distance for Americans, not really the same thing because they <laughs> walk, walk. Right. But, you know, so we walk, we get there, we go in, they're at lunch, so we got to sit around and wait a little bit. Finally, after a total of about three hours, we're done with our COVID test. So we go to eat back. We're going to take him to, to Lily, where we've been going. So we go back there to go eat. Um, so we're eating. We introduce Ozzy to Lily. We're talking to Lily. You know, everything is all good. And then um, after that, we're talking to Ozzy like, man, I got a place, though, that's, that's on this side of town that's by us in walking distance that we can go, you know, get you some souvenirs. And so now we got a little bit of breathing room, right? I got some, some Cuban money because I got a good rate. I said, cool, let's go. Now, again, walking distance for, <laughs> for us and Cubans, not the same thing. Right. And it was a long walk. Like, I literally averaged about seven miles a day walking. So we finally get there. And we got them good. Like, we got... Ozzy hit the jackpot with this by winning there, shopping, shopping. Right? Ooh, we shopping. <laughs> so I got like some leftover food that, that I'm carrying, plus the bags and stuff I bought and what she bought. We all walking with a lot of bags in our hands. And we ain't play that right. Cause we like, oh, because now we gotta go for a long walk back. Right. So we go on this long walk back. So now finally it's getting late and we finally get back. I go ahead and we, and we pay Ozzy for the day anyway. You know, because plus he earned, I mean, he was with us all day and we just, and he wasn't looking for it, but we gave him his, his $20, right? So we do that. We go upstairs. We shower and change because now it's been many, many hours later. It's getting like nighttime. So we go back to our same favorite restaurant to go eat. So we go there to go eat. Now, while we're eating, my niece said, we should uh, send a message to the guy who beat us the first day, the taxi driver, with the 26 cup for 100, for one US dollar. We should have him take us back to the airport. Mm. She's like, I need to give him a piece of my mom. <laughs> I said... Let's do it. Right. Let's do it. So we eat. Um, the Lily tells us about this place that we can go because my niece likes to do hookah. So we're going to go there now. So we're talking to Lily and we're telling her about our day. Like, man, let me tell you what, what, what we had to go through. So we're telling her about that. So she like, let me tell you about my day. Guy came in, spend 30 U.S., um, worth of food and they leave and I'm like dang for real she had said yeah and I got stuck with the check so I gotta pay the check and wow. she was like 
real upbeat and positive about it. But I was like, mm. because I know $30 is probably as much as the average Cuban gets a month. From what I've gathered from talking to other people while I was down there. So while it was like, yeah, you told a story about this, that, and other, I'm telling this, and it was like all laughy jokey, but I didn't think it was funny. Right. So she she um goes to get our bill, and me and my niece are sitting there kind of quiet, like, man, that's crazy. So my niece goes in her purse, pulls out some money. I said, let me get mine. We're gonna pay for it. We're gonna pay the $30 tag. Now, at this point, it's real ugly for us, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about we on fumes, but we know, we feel confident that we got enough to get back to the airport. And at this point, it's all we care about. So we go, we say, hey, Lily, we want to pay that $30 tab. And she said, no, 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 no. I was just, you know, we were just talking. I just tell you, but no, 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 no. You guys are too nice, you know. No, no, put your money up. So we go back and forth with her for like five, 10 minutes. No, she will not take it. So we give her a tip. Now I thought about just giving it to her as a tip, but they take all their tips and split it amongst everybody. So she still wouldn't have been able to pay for it. Right. So we just were like, we still gave her a nice tip, but was like, man, this sucks. So we get ready to leave and we walk downstairs and my niece was like, man, we should say we should call in and snatch her and bring her around the corner. Cause there was also a camera that was like where we were sitting facing us. So we had snatch her down and bring her around the corner and give her the money. And I was like, man, she is not gonna take it. So my niece goes in her pocket and pulls some money out. I said, all right, go in mine, pull it out, and I give it to her. And she's like, hey, Lily, come here. So Lily comes around again, like, hey, what's going on? And um I said, Lily, what happened with you, that's not right. And that should not be your responsibility. We're going to pay for it. And she was like, no, 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 no. Keep your money. Thank you so much. But no, you guys are too nice. Take your money. So my niece, so she gives, Lily gives me a hug. My niece hugs her and then takes her money and she tries to put it in her bra strap so it wouldn't fall, but she couldn't maneuver it like that. So she just drops it in her shirt. So Lily is like, no, 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 no. And I said, Lily, you are a good person. It shouldn't be on you. Take the money. So she's like, I'm going to start crying. So she puts her hand and wipes her eyes. And she says, thank you. She gives me another hug. She gives my niece another hug. And uh, we talk a couple minutes and then she goes back up and we start walking home. So we're walking home and two old ladies come up to us. One lady has on every Aleke known to man. <laughs> um, so they walk up to my knees and one of the ladies said, can I have your shoes? Man, I've asked, been asked for money. I've been asked for food. I've never been asked for clothes. Right. Oh, that hit me like, man, it's hard out here. So my niece says, we're a few minutes away from the, from the house. Follow me home. So the lady looks at me and she says, Ropas? 
I said, I got you. So we get to the, the to the house and we're talking to them on the way. The one lady, um, her head of reaches Obatala. Obatala keeps coming up in all my readings for you know the trip, right? That keeps coming up. So I start laughing when she says her Arisha is about to lie. The other lady's Arisha is Oshun. So we tell them about our Arishas. So we get to the place. We go upstairs. She takes off her shoes, get some other clothes. I go get my clothes. We stuff them in the bag. And I take it downstairs and I give it to the lady. And she is so appreciative. And that, that kind of sat with me, right? So... Um, I go upstairs and I text Julito, which is the taxi driver who brought us, who, who ripped us off the first day. So I go ahead and I text him and I set it up for him to uh, pick us up in the morning. And he wanted 30, but I got him down to 25. So we go in the pack. Um, we wake up the next morning. I divide on my day. The reading came down and it spoke of acting in good character and being humble. Now, in E5, being humble, because I know there's a lot of different definitions, um, speaks about being able to listen to someone else's point of view. It talks about doing the right thing, even if it doesn't feel right. And it spoke of victory after hardship. So he gets there in the morning. We go downstairs. We load the car up. Now, I told my niece, I said, hey, listen, we are not going to mention getting ripped off until we get to the airport. Because <laughs> we are not about to be get, get kicked out and be hitchhiking halfway right. to the airport. And she said, no, we're going to do it when we get close. Now, one thing that I didn't mention is day two, when we go to Old Havana, we do the tour. We saw the guy who, the taxi driver, um, who told us about the, the cigars and he walked into the place to get the, um, the drinks and stuff, the, the mojitos. Right. And my niece let him have it. Oh, you ripped us off. You took it to the place. You let them rip us off. You know that. I mean, she let him have it. I could just see it in his face. He was just defeated. So I had to give her the, the, the pep talk, right? Don't say anything until we get to the airport. So we, we ride in there. We in the car. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm 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 like rehearsing my cuss out. <laughs> Ooh, we. Oh, I'm rehearsing. I'm gonna say it like, no, 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 I'm gonna say it like this. Oh, yeah, that's gonna sting if I hit him with that. <laughs> so we're gonna wait. So I'm looking outside, I'm paying attention to my surroundings. So I see some airport looking stuff. That's when I'm going to start talking. But see what happens with plans. And they don't always go according to how you think they're going to go. Right. And uh, I don't know, something just came to me. And I just said, hey, I don't know if we were close to the airport or not. But I was just like, hey, Halito, I like you you practice uh, Santeria? And he was like, yeah. And he showed me his wrist. He had a, had an E-Day, uh, the bracelet. 
And he was like, yeah, I practiced um, and my, uh, my Arisha is at shoe. I said, okay. I said, how long have you been practicing? He said, uh, 10 years. I said, oh. I said, you know that I'm a priest of E5. He said, yeah, yeah, I saw. I said, you know, E5 Santeria, you know, it's, it's pretty much the same thing, right? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, it talks a lot about good character. And it talks about um, there never being an excuse not to act in good character. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, man, I got to say I'm disappointed in you. He's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you charged us or you gave us 26 and a half cup for each U.S. dollar when we first got down. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the national rate. I said, yeah, but I like, but you know that you can get on the street for about a hundred dollars, a hundred cup for each dollar. He said, oh, oh, that's that's illegal. And it's now I wanted to cut him off, but I remember my reading said about being humble and listening to someone else's point of view. Right. So I let him speak. And he's talking about, well, yeah, it's illegal if you do it that way. And if you get caught, you can get in trouble. And, you know, this is how I take care of my family, you know, and I wasn't trying to do anything wrong. So I let him, and I, I heard him out. But I go in to explain how my credit card nor my debit card works here. And this is my first time being over in Cuba. And the money that I brought is all that we have. And that there was times that I was worried about not being able to make it home because I'm not knowing if I really had enough money or if I had enough money to, to enjoy myself down here. Like I, I let him know, like that's, that's not how I expected to spend, you know, my trip in Cuba. I said, now we're not like normal tourists. I'm like, you know, we're here, we're amongst the people. We're, we gave away money, we gave away clothes because that's what it was in our heart to do. But I also did want to be able to enjoy Cuba without any worries. And our experience with you and, and how you, you, you know, kind of ripped us off could have really, really derailed the trip. And I want to let you know that I'm not angry at you. Now, that first day I was upset, but I'm not angry at you anymore. But I wanted to have a conversation with you. And at this point, he takes off his glasses and he looks me in the eye and he said, his intention was not to rip me off. And he didn't mean to do that. And, and he's sorry that I, that, you know, that how things went. And then my niece starts talking and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> but she, oh man, I thought she was about to give it to me, but it was cool. She expressed herself. She didn't get upset. Um, she just let him know how she felt. And, you know, he, he told us a story about a situation where a lady, you know, um, had came in uh, from out of the country and didn't know that she couldn't use her credit card and she didn't bring any cash and how he had gave her some money so that she was able to, you know, do some things that she needed to do. And um, now we pull up to the airport and he gets out and I get out and he took his glasses off again and he looked me in his eye and he, he apologized. 
you know, and he told me, he's like, you taught me something. And I promise you, I will never, ever do this again. And I looked him in the eye and I told him, you know, there was no the hard feelings. I gave him a hug and I even tipped him. And that was how my trip in Cuba ended. And I started off by saying it was a journey because the whole experience, it was a continuation of a conversation that spirit had been having with me for some time. Mm -hmm. And it was through my stubbornness, me being hard-headed, my unwillingness to change, that spirit was like, we have to show him. We have to take him through an experience so that he can understand what we're saying through this experience in a real way. And I got the message loud and clear. Right. It was all about being grateful. It was about being generous, being kind, and being empathetic, which is all that divine feminine energy. Right, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you told that story. That was a. Uh, that was a beautiful story. Uh, as you said, that was a journey. Uh, it seems like you. Uh, you booked a physical trip and had a spiritual journey. Uh, it seems like spirit spoke to you the whole time. Uh, the theme that I caught was uh, generosity. And it seems like uh, even though you and your niece thought that you all were uh, down to the end of your means to be in Cuba, there always seemed to be a way for you all to continue to give uh, while y'all were there. So that was a, uh, that was a beautiful thing, man. So I'm sure that you are a different person uh, after that trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I implore everyone to be open and be aware of how spirit is speaking to you. I don't care what spiritual tradition or what religion that you may subscribe to. But every day, spirit is having a conversation with us. So it's up to us to open our ears and our hearts so that we can receive the message that spirit is trying to give to us for our growth and for our elevation. Right. So thank y'all for tuning in. Remember, life's a journey. Don't forget the map. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Who Made Y'all Priest podcast. We would love for our listeners to interact with us. So leave us a voice message on the Anchor app or send us an email at wmyp at yahoo.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend.